Well, thanks so much for joining us on Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagenblast. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject that you often don't hear a lot about. You know, there's always a lot of attention about colleges and universities and where people after high school are going to be matriculating, whether it's a four-year school or a two-year school like Union County College. But there is a great need for people to work in the trades. And we've got a great guest today that is certainly uh, skilled to talk about that. Danny Ganime is the owner of Brighton Air Corporation, and he just recently offered a scholarship through the Cranford JCs that would pay for someone to go to a trade school. Danny, welcome to Cranford Radio. Thank you, Bernie. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Why don't we start off talking a little bit about you? Uh, I mentioned the name of your company is Brighton Air Corporation. Tell me a little bit about the company and how you got into the business, if you would, please. So I, I went to college, um, Uni County, uh, 13th grade. Um, was in it for a couple of weeks, and uh, more or less so, I knew at that point it was not for me. And I kind of dropped out, spun out of control, disappointed my family. And then at the time, my neighbor to the left needed a hand. And before you know it, I was with him for eight years. Loved the trade, which is nice to say because not too many people could say that they love their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love my job very much. And then, you know, at, at one point, it just became to, I had to make a choice in life. Do I stay with him or do I go on my own? And I was 27 years old. I went all in and um, never looked back. Mm-hmm. And I named the company after the street that I grew up on. So I know never <laughs> forget where I came from. Where is Brighton? Brighton is out of Union, New Jersey. Okay. Right behind Costco. Oh, all right. All right. I, yeah. I know that neighborhood. You were working for your neighbor. Was, would you consider that an apprenticeship? So, yes, it was an apprenticeship. Um, I was working with him for about a year. And then pretty much after that, he paid for half of my trade school to you know, go to Lincoln Tech. Mm-hmm. Went to Lincoln Tech, was there for about 12, 13 months, and came back, was uh, pretty much loyal to him. Never left him, worked nights and weekends, and owed him a lot. Mm-hmm. So because of that, you know, I still speak to him. He is my mentor. He is still is my boss. And you know, that's pretty much it. You know, give a penny, take a penny. So now I feel like it's right for me. And financially, we feel like it's it's right for, for a lot of things that we do the same thing. That we help somebody who doesn't know what they want to do. And college is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just don't want to push the kids to just to do college. When mm-hmm. there's many avenues to, to go down. And this is one of them. When I, you know, trade, any trade, not just heating and air conditioning, but cosmetology, culinary, and all in between. As I mentioned in the opening, just recently, you had offered a scholarship through the Cranford JCs for someone who was going to be going on to a trade school. And as you mentioned, it could have been nursing or cosmetology or heating and air conditioning, uh, you name it, a, a lot of different trades that are out there. What kind of response did they they get for that? Because it, this was the first year this was offered, if I'm not mistaken, right? It is. So we've been talking about it for a handful of years. I don't want to say handful of years, but a few years. Let's say two to three years we've been talking about it. And uh, it hasn't been a big topic because Cranford, pretty much 95% high school graduates going to college. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about the 5%. Mm-hmm. What happens to those kids? You know, do they spin out a circle and not know what they want to do in life? You know, for years we've been talking about it and finally decided it was a good decision to release it. With the helping hands of from Sean Reese, the whole Oktoberfest committee was in on it where they want to help. And ever since then, it became active. Mm-hmm. 
for those of us who have not gone to a trade school, tell us a little bit about what that experience is like. In some ways, it's very similar to going to college, but it's also obviously different. Tell, tell me a little bit about what a trade school experience <coughs> is like, if you would, please. So the, the difference between college and trade school is it's lesser, it's cheaper, and you have a skill set to where you can go anywhere in the greater 50 states. And, you know, for colleges, uh, this pandemic really shook a lot of people and a lot of people lost their jobs because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, trade schools from restaurants to, you know, plumbers, eating and air conditioning, welders, they never lost their jobs. They actually worked even longer because there was more demand for us. And that's the point I was trying to get to when this whole pandemic hit to where we are not only recession-proof, but we're catastrophe-proof. And you'll never lose your job mm-hmm. as long as you're good at what you're doing. For a person who, who graduates from a trade school, what are some of the typical things that they do as, as far as a career path? Do they go out and get hired by someone in their field and get more practical experience? Tell me a little bit about that, what that is like. Once you get out of trade school, there is an apprenticeship. And as long as you're pretty much your attendance is there, that's the number one thing for me. I'll teach you. Mm-hmm. But besides that, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to it. And then within your, I don't know, five years that you've been doing, let's just say heating and air conditioning, you're making almost six figures. Mm-hmm. And at 25 years old, making six figures, that's your jumpstart in life. Because by the time you get out of college, you're not making that. You're actually in a negative because you're paying a, a two hundred thousand dollar loan. So trade school is twenty thousand. You're in, you're out. You're making a decent salary from the beginning with great benefits. You know, there's there's a lot for that. Tell me, for someone who might be considering going into the field that you're in, HVAC, a little bit of what a typical day or a typical week is like. If there is such a thing as a typical day or week, it's a different breed. To be honest with you, Bernie, it's um, long summers, hot summers. Mm-hmm. Long winters, cold winters. And what I mean by that is you're always working on somebody's AC. You're not in the AC. You're always working <laughs> on somebody's heat when they have no heat. <laughs> yeah, they don't need you if everything's working fine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you know what it is, Bernie? At Brighton, I encourage, and if anybody knows me, I love to have fun. I mean, I'm just, I'm all about having fun, and, you know, and, and playing around and having a good time because, you know, a happy employee is a good productive employee. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it is time to work, we all are serious. We all do what we got to do. We finish our job and we kind of, um, you know, putz around and have a good time at work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we highly encourage that at work um, where sometimes it's too much fun. But the reason why we do it is because we know or I know when you're under that stress is a lot of stress, um, you know, especially in the heating season, because. You know, when you're in an attic, it's not 100 degrees. It's 100 degrees outside, but it's about 140, 50 degrees in the attic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's very stressful mentally, physically, but it's the payday, not money, but, you know, the environment that you're in is worth it. Mm-hmm. It's worth it because, you know, you, you can't just get up and, you know, out of your cubicle and just kind of like crack jokes and, and laugh and, you know, <laughs> corporate, corporate America won't have that. They might, maybe, but... You know, the only way we prosper here is we treat everybody like family and we just, you know, we we have a good time. I'm curious, you know, during COVID, people who'd worked in offices, many of them, if not most, found themselves working virtually from home. 
that was not an option that was available to to you and other people who who work in the trades. They have to be out there. What was it like? What was your experience during COVID? So honestly, it was very scary. We furloughed everybody. Everybody kind of took off. We had about 20% employment. And, you know, we gave the homeowners the option of, you know, hazmat suits, goggles, gloves as, as an option. And most of them went for it. It was a very tough time. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know if we we're going to stay in business. There was a lot of factors in it. Mm-hmm. Any good company has a rainy money for rainy days. So we had rainy day money and we just, we couldn't force people to go to work. And we can't have Zoom meetings because we need you to be hands-on. We didn't want to lose our employees because they are their family. I can't just fire my, my brothers and my sisters and my mother. And even, even though they're not my mother that works here, but the lady who pretty much holds the fort down is like my mother. You know, I can't let my mom go. Mm-hmm. We all kind of work with each other mentally, physically. And then after about a few months, you know, everybody kind of started coming back into work. Um, and if they didn't want to come back still, we kind of gave them some outdoor stuff by themselves. So then this way they're at least working because being at home and not doing anything eventually takes them, gives you a mental breakdown because you're surrounded, you're in a house, you can't do anything, you can't go anywhere. Mentally, that, that hurts people a lot. So we, we gave our employees options of, of getting out of the home and doing other things to be productive and to kind of stay mentally sane. You know, some people after high school decide to go into the military, where in many cases they can learn a trade through the military. Do you find people coming into the industry who have military experience? And is that applicable to to what you're trying to do afterward? At one point, we're promoting hiring military. And not a problem, but the problem is, is when they leave the military, wherever they're based out of, they find work there. Mm-hmm. So that area is particularly like Texas, Hawaii, Florida, one of the Carolinas. Most of them work out there. There's not much in this industry, in this particular geographic area, have that where they're military. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we have a problem finding military. And that leads right into a, another question I was going to ask. The mental image that many people have of a tradesperson is a guy. Are you finding more women are going into the trades at this point? Obviously, I would think that you still want to recruit women to go into it, but are you finding more women who are kind of going into it on their own? In our trade, I would say about maybe half a percent. You know, by walking to supply house, speaking to other bigger companies, you know, we compare notes. And same thing, you know, the only employees that are female are mostly clerical. That's really not an HVAC trade being out in the field turning wrenches, we don't see them. If we do, it's like diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to one lady, I would say about six months ago. And the last time I saw, and I, and I see the same one lady over and over and over prior to her. So I saw a new lady, a young girl, and I asked her, why'd you get into it? She goes, I like getting dirty. I like crawling around. And I just love working on my hands. And I looked at it and said, what are you getting paid? I will double it. She laughed at me. She goes, it's my dad's business. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to come up against that, it's I so, suppose. It, it was. It, it, you know, <laughs> and it's a great company. Just to have have a female on your on your team is very nice because I would say, like I said, 99% of them, there's no no females. And I literally gave her a salary where she dropped her mouth. She says, thank you very much. I'm honored, but she works for her dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked at the opening about the scholarship that you offered through the JCs. Unfortunately, the deadline for that was April 1st. Is this something that you anticipate 
doing again next year? And if so, how would someone go about getting more information about how they might apply? Oh, absolutely. Um, we're definitely going to be moving forward as, as long as we can. But yes, this will continue. Usually the first time going out is going to be the roughest. And once it's recognized, then people will know more because not too many people have Facebook. And if they do, they're not really reading up on everything. And I just think that not enough people knew about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually the first year is a rough year. The second year is a better year. Third year, the ball is rolling and it's much easier to get applicants. Not going to give up. Never going to give up. Well, we've been talking on this episode of Cranford Radio with Danny Ganime. He is the owner of Brighton Air Corporation. We've been discussing the trades. Danny, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. And thank you for the support you're giving to people who want to go into the trades. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Bernie. Really do appreciate this, uh, this conversation. And uh, we'll see you soon. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you, sir.